Hey everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Influx podcast. Here at Influx, it is our mission to help you tell your story and have a positive impact on the world. Really excited about today's episode. We are talking to my good friend, Michael York. Michael is an author, uh, speaker, consultant, and most importantly, a committed student. He is always game to try something new. Failure's okay as long as we learn something along the way, and that's what we're all about here. So we go through a bunch of topic areas, uh, a few quick highlights of what you can expect to hear. Number one, how to get over the idea that you are too far behind with all this newfangled marketing to catch up and get in the game. We run into this a lot with businesses that we work with that have been around for a long time, but this is not about being old. Number two, content creation. If you don't have any idea what to write or talk about in your articles, podcasts, or videos, Michael gives us some great tips and tricks he has learned from a lifetime of being a professional content creator. And number three, mentorship. We all want great mentors, but many have trouble finding one. Michael has never had that problem and talks about how you can get one today. All this and more coming up. Let's get into the show. All right, so here we go. All right. Um, all right, Influx Nation. Really excited to have Mr. Mr. Michael York here with me today. The, uh, the, the banjo master that you heard uh, at the end of last week's episode. <laughs> uh, great to be with you, Glenn. Yeah, so um, outside of banjo, you do a lot of things. We've worked together for close to 20 years. Absolutely, yep. Long time. I know. It's, uh, when I say that, it makes me realize how old I am. But that's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll get over that. Um, uh, for anyone out there who hasn't uh, run across one of your books or seen you speak or something like that, give us the quick intro. Who is Michael York? Well, um, as you well know, uh, because we really sort of kind of grew that business uh together, or at least started growing it together. I was uh, dropped into the marketplace right out of the Air Force in 1978. Um, most of my career revolved around selling, uh, primarily in media, radio, TV, newspaper, magazine. In the spring of 2000, I left to start my own business after being inspired by people like Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and uh, Dan Kennedy and many other people that we've talked about over the years. Um, so for the past 20 years, I've been a small business owner primarily because if I'm not any good at that, then it doesn't matter if I'm a speaker and an author and a consultant and a coach and all those other things that I aspired to be. But uh, released my first book, Becoming Uncommon, in 2002. Uh, my second book, The Ten Commitments, in 2005. And now, after about 20 years and uh, somewhere north of a thousand audiences, I couldn't believe it. I actually counted them up to make sure that was wow. the case. A thousand audiences, and uh, so that just means I'm old. But um, there's always something new. There's always new projects. There's always new technology. There's always new ideas that that inspire us, and hopefully, we can, uh, in some measure, inspire other people. I know that's what Influx Podcast is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think what really made me want to kind of have this conversation with you for our audience is that um, we have a lot of folks that we work with that have been doing it since 78 or 90 or whenever. And there's a lot of new technology um, that I'm kind of putting in your face. You should be doing this. And so here we are. You're really good at that. Here no, we are yeah. doing some of this. And so a lot of people are in the zone of uh, apprehensiveness, maybe uh, fear, whatever you want to call it. And 
they're really comfortable with the way that they've done it for 20 years and they're not so sure about the new ways. And uh, here we are doing a whole bunch of the new stuff with you. And I just thought it would be a really interesting conversation for everyone out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've talked about it before. You know, I can absolutely relate to that apprehension because as things have changed over the years, uh, moving from a BlackBerry, well, I'll even go beyond that, moving from a flip phone to a BlackBerry and moving from a BlackBerry to an iPhone, which my son, uh, a 30-something, finally convinced me, Dad, you need an iPhone. You know, So, okay, here we go, take the plunge. And uh, so, yeah, there's always new things, new accelerators to help us as business owners or uh, whatever we do, whatever our... Um, aspirations are in the marketplace today because this is the most sophisticated marketplace the world has ever known and how we did it once upon a time isn't always relevant today so I love being around guys like you who are always doing something new and always sort of I say you know hanging tin off the edge of the world and, and it, it makes me at least want to stick my toe into the pool and say well let's try it let's see what happens so well one of the great things about the projects that we get to work on together is that you do have this willingness to, to kind of say, I'm not sure about this, but all right, let's, let's go for you it. You know, let's give it a try. And one of the things I try to, to coach people on is it doesn't have to go to production. If we sit down here and record this and it really is that terrible, it never is. But if it's as terrible as you imagine, it's okay. Like that's just a learning experience. It doesn't, it doesn't make it to iTunes. You know, that's okay. Back in the day, another one of my uh, uh, life experiences, work experiences, I was on the radio for several years. A lot of that was part-time. I was still uh, involved in the selling capacity of the, the media, you know, but, but we used to do it with a razor blade and reel-to-reel tape. You know, that's how we edited. So if you made a mistake, we'll say, oh, we put the razor blade down here. We'll say, that guy, Crazy. a little bit of tape. Yeah, it's, right. it's, and so to see from that point where we are today um it's pretty cool man it's pretty cool yeah it, it is really great um so i want to talk about in particular the better dealers uh project that we've been working on together sure. now for going into our second year and it's something that you've been doing for a long time so give us the quick history of better dealers and kind of continuing education because um you know again it was a different technology when you first started no question. And, and as we've talked about, you know, that was sort of a way for us to, to kind of reconnect on a pretty exciting project for me. Um, this project, it, it's a continuing education product that has been required for any licensed uh, independent dealer in North Carolina since about 2002, 2003. So I was in on the creation of that project back at that point. In fact, I was asked initially to be the quote-unquote trainer, and I didn't want any part of that. But I, what I told the uh, the trade association that was sort of leading that charge at the time, along with DMV, uh, a state agency, uh, is that, listen, if you'll give me 90 days, I'll give you the ability to train every one of those 6,000 dealers in your state. And they said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, with video. And so we launched this project um, and we were actually producing VHS tapes. So it was a six-hour course that I was sort of moderator, speaker, interviewer, slash whatever, and, uh, and we launched it. And uh, it was a learning experience, no doubt. 
And, and then over the years, we made the transition from VHS to DVD. And, and around 2011, because I was doing other things in my business, we handed that project off to the association itself. And then they had it for the next several years. But a couple of years ago, they asked me, would I come back? They had a couple of personnel changes, and they said, would you come back and sort of head up that project again because we're getting ready to step into the future one more time and go online. And uh, it was pretty exciting to me, and it also has a really special place for me because I was in on the beginning of that. And so um, I knew I was going to need some resources and some experts and some people that had uh, a lot of skills and abilities and and, uh, learning beyond where I was. But I, I also knew some of the basic fundamental things that needed to happen. So, uh, you know, that brought us together again. And that whole new set of challenges ranged from uh, print media being a non-factor today. Yeah. So that presented really a whole new set of challenges with print medium going away. Um, and actually, a lot of the state associations no longer produce a monthly magazine. So I used to write columns for the national and a number of the state publications. So with the way that media is changing, we felt like, hey, we need to explore other ways to capitalize on our messaging, uh, which goes from the online platform to building that community and, and really focusing on what's next. And that's what Influx has allowed us to do. Well, I'm really glad that we're a part of it. So it's nice for us because you're kind of leading the charge um, on multiple platforms, right? We've worked on the website. We've worked on the learning management system with you where you actually deliver the education. Right. We've shot a bunch of video that has um, supported kind of all of all the different projects. And now, and I think what I'd like to focus on the most here is you're getting ready to launch this podcast. And I think it is, of all the things that we do, it is one of the easier things to accomplish, which is one of the reasons I'm kind of telling uh preaching at everyone, you know, like get in the game, like tell your story, get, get a podcast rolling. And, um, you know, we've just had this wide breadth of work that we've been able to do, which is, which is really, uh, exciting for us, right? It's the kind of things that we want to help people with is kind of this multi-prong, uh, omnipresent kind of a thing, um, in the world. So it's really, it's a really fun project for us to work on as well. Well, and, and it's fun working with, with you and with Influx because it's, it's allowed us to have um, technology that we really didn't even know was available. And now, you know, to do the learning management platform, um, to, to have a, a new online presence, um, to be able to track the sales the way that we do. I mean, we had the biggest revenue month just last month that we've had. Uh, even since before I took over the last three, three and a half years. So, you know, a lot of great things are happening there. And it's really because of a lot of the things that we implemented. And just like you're talking on the podcast, we just said, hey, let's do it. And I I heard one of your earlier podcasts where you're talking about, oh, you want to be perfect and you want to get it just right. Oh, I don't know if that one's ready to go. And and I think I shared with you, one of my coaches told me once upon a time when I was writing my book, he said, listen, when you're 85% done, you're done. The last 15%, you're just going to beat yourself up over it. It's going to delay, take action, pull the trigger, go for it. So here we are, podcasting. Right. Well, you know, I love to hear that 
you are having record sales. I actually didn't even know that um, up to this point, but you know, our, our, when I, when I kind of thought about what are we going to call this marketing agency that we're spinning off influx is about an influx of attention an influx of eyeballs an influx of, uh, revenue. Like that's a really good one, right? Absolutely. We're not, that's a good one. We're not always focused on it because, you know, our mindset is provide the value, the revenue will come, mm-hmm. but those stories are really good to hear. Yeah. And, and by the same token, they're really good for us to hear. And they're really good for the association to hear, you know. So what we're doing is we're we're bringing this technology alongside a lot of classroom training. So what we've built online is an optional time-saving way for these dealers, small business owners, independent dealers, to take their continuing education without being in class. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's dig into podcast. You know, we're just getting started. We've put a couple episodes in the can. We're working on getting all the infrastructure set up distribution. Um, how are you thinking about the podcast kind of in the context of who are you trying to serve? What is the purpose? You know, what does this mean to you? It's one thing for me to just kind of tell people what I think about it and try to try to strong arm them into doing these things. How are you feeling about it? Well, uh, it's really another one of those things where while we're in the middle of creating a new website and building a learning management system and and doing all these other things, uh, I think it was kind of your idea, hey, we should do a podcast. So I think I probably stiff-armed that one for uh, at least a few weeks or maybe a few months. But in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking that'd be a great idea. So we were actually trying to do something like that Many years ago, we did it with video and with audio, but we didn't have nearly the platforms or the access to community that we have today. Yeah. And again, that goes back to what you and I have talked about, really trying to create this community for independent dealers to exchange ideas and information. And sometimes we'll have uh, special guests, experts, um, Sometimes it'll just be things that are going on or how's technology changing things for these dealers. But I've always thought the podcast idea was a great one. It was just getting to the place where we pull the trigger. And I know that's one of the things you talk about right in this <laughs> podcast. And that's one of the things I'm listening to, to the, the, the podcast, your first couple of episodes. And I thought, ah, man, we got to do this. We got to do the Better Dealers podcast. So here we go. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, again, I I think this is something everyone should be doing. It's such a flexible platform. Like you said, you can really approach it. Uh, you know, it's not an hour of TV. You need to fill in every time. There's no rules, which I, which I really love that part of it. And it allows people to consume your content on their terms. If they want to, you know, it's really hard to stack time. Multitasking we've all learned is, is not a good thing, but on your commute, you can listen to a podcast. When you're at the gym, you can listen to a podcast. Um, you're cleaning the house, whatever. Um, it is one of those rare things where you can multitask and use your time effectively while you're kind of doing the everyday things that you do. So it's just another way for us to reach those folks and give them the opportunity. And sometimes we talk about removing friction from their lives. So let's put it in their hands and give them some control over it. And I think that's really one of the most powerful things about podcasts. I totally agree. And I think the access to 
ideas and information and inspiration, it's unprecedented today. I, I mean, people have asked me, we laugh about the banjo part of that. You know, people, <laughs> oh, I wish I could play the banjo. Listen, it's easier than it's ever been because of YouTube and because of the platforms where you can go and watch the greatest players, the greatest musicians, the greatest teachers. Uh, I used to have to drive 45 minutes one way and sit in front of someone as a teacher for yeah. an hour, then drive 45 minutes back and then practice all week. But now it's it's the access that we have in the time that we have available to learn. And whether that's a Tim Ferriss or a Seth Godin or a Glenn Booth or a Better Dealers podcast, whatever we choose, whatever information we're seeking, it's really at our fingertips. And it's at our fingertips whenever it's convenient for us to listen. Yeah, it's it makes me want to go off on a whole tangent around education and and the, the current state of education and where it's headed. Um, I don't think we need to go down that rabbit hole. We'll be here all day. <laughs> but it really is true. And that's it, why it's fun to kind of be part of this continuing education world it, for the auto dealers, right? Is we are part of that wave of thinking about education differently and how we consume information and, uh, and those things. So um, it all comes together in the same stream. Absolutely. And I, I've said, you know, sometimes almost jokingly, but it is true. I've learned more in the last 20 years of my life than I did in the first 20 years of my life. Now, when you think about that, now I also say I did take a few years off in the middle. You know, I try to take a break, but it's no longer, hey, I graduated. Hey, I'm out of school. You know, learning's over. It can't be. Not in the most sophisticated marketplace the world has ever known. It's, it's, that's our challenge is that we keep up the learning curve in our work, but also in our life. So no matter what we're doing, what we're involved in, what we're engaged in, uh, who we're around, having access to these kind of, of ideas and, and information and exchanges and, and being challenged uh, to think differently about something we already know a lot about or, or to think differently about something we know very little about. But just begin, just just go, just start. Yeah. And so for someone who, who hears this and says, you know what, I believe it. I need to start. I need to do this. One of the main challenges is what the heck am I going to talk about? So I know you've got some great tactics that you use to kind of come up with content ideas, whether that's the videos that we're shooting or even, I, you know, earlier today, we're brainstorming a few podcast episode ideas. What do you think are some some things that you use that might help others of like, how do you even think about what the heck am I going to talk about? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And in really wearing the different hats that I've been wearing for a, at least a couple of decades now, there's creating content in so many different lanes, you know, mm -hmm. for, for not just for the speaking and consulting or the, the, the projects like the Better Dealers Project or, or you know, your hobbies playing banjo. And then, you know, you want to be the best dad you can be, the best grandpa you can be, the best, you know, whatever. But for me, it's a, it's almost like playing word association. Like if you hear something, you think, oh, I should do something about that. Or, oh, that reminds me of a story from my life. And so, you, you know, we love stories. I mean, stories matter today. 
And if you did nothing but made a short list of things that you heard, typically from other people, it's uh, you know what Doug Hall called uh, outside stimuli. So that's one of my favorite books. And I, I was never a reader in high school, but I became a reader late in life because the evidence was just too strong that leaders were all readers. They all talked about it. They talked about the books they were reading. You do it all the time. You know, tribe of mentors. You got to read this book. You know, okay, I got to go out and get this book. Right. Um, you're giving away books and everything. And so I, I've been very involved in that uh, world too as a, as a reader and, and really just as a student. And that's why I tell people I'm not a guru or know-it-all. I'm just a student, but I'm a committed student. I'm a diligent student. I'm engaged on a, at least a weekly, if not a daily basis in learning and reading. And people recommend. So now I have a brand. So now I'm known as a reader. So it's it's unreal how many people go, hey, I read this book. You need to read it. They'll send me a text. Right. Hey, I'm reading this book. I see a friend of mine comes in from New York. He said, so what are you reading? Because he knows I'm reading something different right. since the last time I saw him. So whenever I'm reading, I, I'm an active reader, and I'm making notes, usually in a journal or, or a notebook or something. And if, if I get a, a thought starter or play word association, wow, that's a great idea for a Better Dealer segment, or wow, that's a great idea for a podcast. or So uh, you know, there's so many ways that if we're just open to it and we're thinking about it, um, I, I, I've, I've told the story many times. Back in uh, in 1989, I wrote down on a piece of paper, write a book. And people will say to you, um, you know, you need to be specific about your goals. And I get that part. But then I'm always quick to add, but not always. Because when I wrote those three words down, write a book, I still have it written on a legal pad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how or when or, you know, and it took me a while. Um, but then, once upon a time, one day, here comes this book. Yeah. You don't start with the tree. You start with the seed. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And there's a thing in your subconscious, and I, I think this relates to the content, too. Because if it's important to you and it's in there somewhere, when you get to that flashpoint and go, man, that's a great idea for an episode. Or, man, he'd be a great interview. Or, I should write a column about this. And I've written columns about... Uh, how I got service in a restaurant on happy customers. And why is it when I ask for sweet tea in the South and they don't have it? And then my next question is, can I just ask you a question? How often do you get asked for sweet tea? Oh, we get asked every day. Every day. Sorry, you can't be a customer today. So that just, boom, now I'm off on the content path, right? right. You're, you're pounding out a story or you're writing down an outline of things that you want to talk about. So the content thing, I think it's a learned skill, but in the famous words of Glenn Booth, you got to start, you got to begin. Yeah, I, you know, I think what you're, as you say that, I'm thinking, well, He's just paying attention. And I've kind of found the same thing here. We're only, we're just getting started here. We're a few episodes in, but I'm already finding that in my day-to-day talks with people, I'm noting that would be a great topic to talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely. So it's almost like when you buy a new car, you know, you just bought a, a new Honda Accord and all of a sudden all you see on the road is Accords. You know, it just puts you in there. So I think I think that does speak to you need to just start because once you start, you start paying attention at a different level. Exactly right. Exactly right. And that's and that's the point I guess I, I was trying to make is 
when I first had the idea to write a book, which goes all the way back to 1989, and I've talked about it many times from the platform many times, you know, it took me 10 years to write my first book. People go, oh my gosh, 10 years? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I said, yeah, how's yours coming along? <laughs> right. You know, so, so it's not about how long it takes you. It's about that's what's on your mind and you've committed to it and you're going in that direction. And so all I did was I was creating content back then for the book. I would put things in a file, and I would remember something that happened maybe with my kids. I tell stories about tucking my daughter in at night and the lessons that I learned from that, and and I put those in a file. And then one day I wrote this big you know manuscript. People say, "How do you write a book?" You can't, but if you do it enough days, you can write a sentence or a paragraph or a page. And if you do that for you know two hundred straight days, you got a book. It's amazing. Isn't yeah, it? it is amazing, and that's yeah. creating content to me is exactly what you're talking about. It's just being mindful of the things around you and go, man, I could do a, I could do a podcast on that. Man, I could do a column on that. I could do a segment on that. Um, so it's all around us. I mean, content is everywhere. And and if you one of the, one of the things I've always asked, uh, typically students, younger students, because they're still in student mode. But when I ask them, uh, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm majoring in marketing. Really? Okay, cool. So who's your marketing hero? <laughs> who's your go-to guy? Who are you studying as a marketing leader, a thought leader for you? And so many times they'll say, I don't really have one. Right. I say, well, let me give you a couple of names. Seth Godin, Dan Kennedy. You know, and we start down the list. And right. Discussions that you and I have had over the years, many, many times. You've got to have someone that's a mentor or at least a teacher or someone that you're learning from. One of the things I've talked about is uh, one of my favorite quotes from, I think it was Albert Schweitzer, who said, what really strikes me is how many people were something to me or I learned something from without their knowledge. Right. And I've got a lot of those people in my life that they wouldn't know me necessarily, uh, but I know them intricately through their work and their content. Right. I, it, well, it goes back to you being an active reader and now today, so that was kind of the history of it. Um, but now today there's so many more things like podcasts and videos. Um, when you were talking about that, I thought, you know, one of the, one of the questions I always ask someone when we get into a conversation about whatever is, are you a reader? Because I always have these book recommendations like I've got, I can span a lot of t subject matter and a lot of topic areas with this thing. And it's always great to meet another reader and swap and swap those things. Because like you said, don't wait for the mentor to be there and looking over your shoulder and guiding you every step of the way. You know, don't wait for that kind of person to give you permission or to really help coach you. You need to go, they're all, they're everywhere. You just need to go find them and start, find the ones that resonate with you and start paying attention. And it goes back to exactly what you were saying about content. Once that gets into your mind, Hey, I need to, I need to find a mentor. I need to learn about public speaking. I need to learn about marketing. I need to learn about whatever. Then you sort of go on that search. You head in that direction and see what you're going to find. A friend of mine in 1986 gave me a, a, a cassette program, half a dozen cassettes, and it was Jim Rohn. I'd never heard of Jim Rohn, but Jim Rohn became what I refer to today as my chief mentor. Yeah. I studied him and listened to him. I could listen to him for hours. You know, He just had that great voice. And even back then, when the access 
wasn't nearly what it is today. I pursued everything I could find from Mr. Rome. And, and I listened to it over and over, which is how great students become great learners is spaced repetition. That's how we learned our yeah. multiplication tables. You can't just right. listen to it once. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, how's that working out for you? No, it's got to be over and over until it actually gets in there. And, and then you can share it with someone else. And that's when it kind of comes full circle. I've listened to uh, Jim Rohn segments on repeat for years, right? I, I agree. He, he was fantastic. And he was, um, you know, you can't really credit him with all of his ideas. I'm sure he got a lot of that from other places. But, man, he was really good at teaching uh, mindset changes. Which is what I loved about him. Absolutely. And and it's like the old script, you know, as Mr. Rome would say, the ancient script says there's nothing new under the sun. No new ideas. There's new ways of conveying those ideas. And that's what I love about Mr. Rome. He was a great messenger. He was a great teacher. Uh, his voice, just the inflection in his voice. It's just one of those things that yeah. he'd, he'd pull you in. Of course. <laughs> so, you know, if you listen to Mr. Rohn, you, you know, and a, a very different delivery from a guy like Zig, who also had great messages. He just said it in a different way. So both of them told me I needed to set goals. I needed to have goals on paper. And I heard it from Zig for many years, but I never really bought into it. I knew I should do it. Mm-hmm. I knew I could do it if I would only begin. Yeah. But then it was it was Jim Rohn who finally convinced me, listen, if you want to be in this percentile, then you just keep doing what you're doing. You know, and if you're in sales, it's 80-20 or maybe it's 90-10 or maybe it's, you know, whatever you think those numbers fall today. Right. But if you want to be in the 5% or the 10%, then the evidence is too powerful to ignore. This is what they do. And they have goals written on paper. And it's probably going to take you about 15 or 20 hours. Aha! That's why I haven't done it. Because it's going to take me so long to do it. Right. Well, that's not a good excuse. And really what you find out is there really aren't any good excuses. You just have to do it. You just have to do it. And so that leads me into kind of the next thing. So um, someone's ready. They want to get started. They're afraid that their content isn't good enough. So when you started, you planted the seed in 89, I think you said. Then you started writing over the years, I'm sure that the first couple drafts of those first couple paragraphs, pages, and chapters maybe weren't as good as you had hoped. What was the process for you to just keep doing the work? Like, what's the thought process around, I'm not going to let this hold me back? And it's different then because you were waiting till you had this entire manuscript. Today, my take would be, just because the episode isn't what you deem as like the best thing, put it out there anyway. I mean, unless it's just outright terrible and embarrassing, right? Like just get it out there, get the feedback, put in the reps. But how do you, how do you think through, um, getting started and being unsure, uh, about the, is it, is it good enough? Well, that's a great question because it was a process. And the cool thing for me is because it took me a while to get to that completion stage of the book. And literally I was working on it for almost 10 years before it was published, but a couple of years, you know, the final stages of a book being published is you got to have that manuscript. So in 1999, I had what I thought was the finished manuscript. It was 220 pages typewritten, double spaced out, everything. I thought, oh, it's enough for a book. But in 2000, 
I left my job as a director of sales and took the leap off the building to become my own business, to become a speaker and a consultant and whatever that meant. So I was now a different person and I was thinking differently than I was maybe six or seven years ago. So I literally threw away about a third of that book. And, and then the book got better, in my opinion, because of who I was at that point. Because I'd been doing that for so long. Uh, and, and, you know, one of my teachers says, every writer needs an editor, no matter mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. So everybody does need an editor. Everybody does need a resource or an expert. But there's no substitute for doing it. Because you're going to get better in the process. Writers write. Speakers speak. You know, I spoke 101 times in 2001. And made $13,000. <laughs> so nobody's lining up for that gig, right? I right. mean, that didn't inspire many people. But but I became better as a speaker because I was doing it. Just like you're talking about. As you begin, and if it's podcasting, just put it out there. Because episode number 10 is going to be better than episode number one. Right. But even the beginning can become a classic. And I'll give you just a quick example. The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale was what I refer to as one of the very first motivational recordings. I highly recommend it to anyone. It's about 30 minutes. Earl did that. He recorded that because he wanted to go fishing on a Saturday instead of being in a sales meeting. So he was going to have his guys in the sales meeting play his message, and that was going to be the sales meeting. It is today. It's sold literally millions and millions and millions of copies and I don't know, it costs you 10 bucks or 12 bucks. It'll be a 100x return if you just listen to it a couple of times. But that's an instant classic. It was the first one. It was his first podcast. And I'm yeah. sure there was many times where he thought, oh, man, I got to do, I got to, episode number nine better be better than that one. And he did <laughs> lead the field and did many other recordings. But The Strangest Secret is still recognized as one of the best motivational quote-unquote recordings ever yeah so you never know yeah you who was it that said anything that's worth doing great is worth worth doing terribly or I yeah well wrong. i think i think that, that might have been in the becoming uncommon book i said that was i it? said i said i've always heard my whole life anything worth doing is worth doing well i said i want you to consider this anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you can do it well. Now, don't take too long, but if you can do it poorly, you're still doing it. And that puts you ahead of a lot of people who aren't. People are going to think we scripted that. We did not. I mean, that's I, cool that you're <laughs> quoting my stuff back to me. That's awesome. I wasn't going to give you any credit, uh, yeah. but, um, but I seized on it there. I but it, it is true. Uh, it's a very... It is It is true. That thing. And, I, I, and, and that is exactly what creates content just like you're talking about, just that part of it. Doing it, even if you don't think, oh, I know I'm doing it terrible. I know I'm doing it poorly, but you're doing it. So keep going because if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. It's worth doing awful. You know, man, did you listen to episode one? I was awful. Congratulations. Right. You're still ahead of 90% (laughs) of the people still thinking about it. Right, at least. It's a... It's such a good message. I really, um, I'm feeling like mindset is the best thing that we can talk about. Uh, The tactics, the how-tos, the equipment, it all has its place. And everyone, 
that wants to try to do this um, needs to know some of that stuff. But I think the more that we can push people to hit the record button and just put themselves out there, the better off we are. Yeah, I, and I totally agree. And I, I mean, we've had many conversations about this over the years, but uh, to me, and I, I've spoken about it many times, a, a lot of people think they have a good attitude. In in uh, we've all heard attitude is everything, right? And that to me, that immediately strikes against the experience thing. Experience is everything, you know. No, mm-hmm. it's not. And attitude's not everything because. You can stand in line with a bunch of people who are complaining about something, and they all would tell you they have a good attitude. Right. But as I learned over the years, and I've shared with with many people, uh, attitude is not enough. It it has to be above just a good attitude. It has to be a mindset, which is almost like a thermostat that you dial up. When you get up in the morning, I mean, there are going to be some mornings where, you know, you just don't really feel like being... The champion, right? <laughs> right, the, right. The, you're the you're the one. I mean, I talked about this in my second book, The Ten Commitments, that commitment is stronger than motivation. Because there's gonna be days where you don't feel motivated to do a podcast or show yeah. up at work or do whatever you gotta do, but you made the commitment. You said, I'm going on. And that's the mindset of a champion. They do the fundamentals extremely well. And they do them over and over and over again. But they get up in the morning, they dial that mindset thermostat up to the level that they want, and they say, let's go do it. Yeah, I love it. Jocko Willing talks about it with his discipline equals freedom uh, mantra. And it is, uh, it's something that I think all of us should pay more attention to. Um, all right. I want to be respectful of your time. We've done a lot here. I'm sure you'll be coming back for future episodes. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's uh, so much fun. Uh, we're we're both interested in in a lot of the same things, so it's always fun to chat. And it'll be it would be easy for me to to make this a two hour episode. So um, <laughs> I don't want to do that. So to get um, to get wrapped up here, where can people learn more about you? Um, obviously, we talked about the better dealers thing, but you are a, a speaker, an author consultant where uh where's the best place to catch up with michael york yeah cool i mean they can always go to my website which is michaelyork.com that's the benefit of being first on new technology yes. i'm sure there's a more famous michael york than me but uh, <laughs> but i got that so michaelyork.com there's videos and in, in uh, uh you know a lot of free stuff a lot of ebooks that i've written over the years over a dozen ebooks that i'm happy to send out um we're also on facebook at michael york leadership and uh, love to hear any questions, any anything that anyone uh, you know wants to to discuss or talk about or ask about, and we're always happy to do that. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's exciting times right now for uh, for really I think anyone, no matter what stage you are in life, because there's people who are in my age category who are doing something for the very first time. Yeah, so much is possible that a few short years ago was not no question it's wide open no question so So, and and if if someone would like more information about me or about what they can get from me or any of the resources they can always email me leader at michaelyork.com that's excellent you know i'm gonna play us out with some banjo music right i i hope so yeah uh, I appreciate that, by the way. That was great. <laughs> My pleasure. We'll All have right. to talk about that one day. We'll do it. All right, Michael. Thank you so much. Can't wait till next time. Thanks, Glenn. Great being with you.
I hope you enjoyed my chat with Michael. He's such a great communicator and teacher. I know this will help tons of people think differently about business, marketing, and personal development. So get out there and tell your story. And when you do, make sure you use hashtag GetInflux so we can follow along and cheer you on. This is Glenn signing off. See you next week in another episode of the Influx Podcast.